This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Baker Mayfield, the Browns quarterback, requested a trade. I think it's uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is, is to move on. Breaking news that we have here on NFL Live. The Browns have officially traded Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. If Baker Mayfield is anything like he was two years ago, the Panthers are going to be a playoff football team. Good job, boys. Good job. If something goes the wrong way and he's not the quarterback that everyone expects him to be, it might be the last time he has an opportunity to compete for a starting quarterback position. Oh, yeah, we got some off-season news, and we're here to break it all down. This is NFL Live. I'm Shay Cornett, Darren Orlowski, Sam Acho, Adam Schefter, all the guys here alongside as well as we continue to break down, as I said, the biggest off-season news yet, and that is former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, leaving, leaving Cleveland and going to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the move was made official yesterday that Baker and a conditional 2024 pick would be on their way out. The Panthers will pay just under five million of Mayfield's salary, while the Browns will pay ten and a half million. The remainder will be converted into incentives, adding more pressure to Mayfield to make up for some of that lost money. And so now we're a day later and some time to digest all of this. And so let's welcome in Adam Schefter. And so the Panthers have a quarterback room that includes Sam Darnold, whose fifth-year option they obviously picked up, and they drafted rookie Matt Corral. So, with that being said, is Baker really the surefire starter in Carolina? Not the surefire starter, Shay. And think about it this way. The Carolina Panthers now have the first and third overall selections from the 2018 draft. And in return for the first and third selections of that draft, all they had to give up was a second, fourth, fifth, and sixth round draft pick. So they bought both those quarterbacks on discount. And there's a reason that both are on discount because both have struggled to establish themselves. But the Panthers' plan is to have an open competition at training camp this summer. Now, I still think that Baker Mayfield probably winds up as the favorite to win that job. Carolina wouldn't have been as interested as it has been in Baker if it didn't plan to play him. But for now, they are planning to have an open competition for that starting job, allowing Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold to compete for the starting job. And don't forget the fact that the team also used its second-round draft pick on Matt Corral. Mm -hmm. So there's a third quarterback that's also in that mix. But it figures to be a showdown between Mayfield and Darnold battling it out during camp to see who will be the starting quarterback on opening day versus none other than the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So the last time we saw Baker Mayfield healthy was two seasons ago, right? And so we'll see what happens this season. But he brought the Browns to the playoffs for the first time since 2002 after going 11-5 and in the regular season. But unfortunately, the Browns couldn't capitalize on that success last season, and Mayfield took a major step back. His total QBR decreased by over 30 points. That's by far the largest decrease in the league last season. Okay, so we already talked about the monetary incentives, if this all works out well in Carolina. But now, guys, Sam, I'm going to you first here. It wasn't an easy road for Baker Mayfield to get to this point. And so, Dan, or I'm sorry, uh, Sam, rather, is this Baker's last chance at a starting job, so to speak? I believe it is. It wasn't an easy road for Baker Mayfield, nor has it been throughout his NFL career or even his college career. Remember, he walked on Texas Tech. He left Texas Tech, went to Oklahoma, didn't have a scholarship, 
earn the starting spot. So he knows a little bit about adversity. But the issue is, in the NFL, they don't care about adversity. They care about production. Will you overcome the adversity? And Baker Mayfield has had opportunities to do that. Two years ago, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, led his team to the playoffs. First playoff win in a long, long time. But last year, with some adversity, obviously a torn labor and playing through it, he had a very, very down year. And so, with everything that transpired last year, how the team seemed like they weren't really for him, there was whispers coming out of the locker room, then all of a sudden you get another opportunity, not to back up like some quarterbacks, but to start on a team that has a defense that is ascending. They were number two in, in yards allowed last year, a team that has Christian McCaffrey at running back. Mm -hmm. I think this is Baker's last chance for a legitimate starting opportunity in the NFL. Well, Sam, and here's the thing. Carolina gets a chippy Baker Mayfield, which is the best version of yes. Baker Mayfield, somebody that's <laughs> yes. trying to prove everybody wrong, which he has done consistently throughout the course of his career. And make no mistake about it, Carolina – is somebody that has wanted Baker Mayfield here for weeks now. The conversations between the Panthers and the Browns go back to earlier this offseason when Baker first issued his trade ultimatum. And you see the offense that he'll be working in. There are some weapons, assuming he can win the starting job, of course. But Carolina has been interested in him all along. And so even though this team does plan to have an open competition where each quarterback will have a chance to win the starting job, clearly they're interested in Baker Mayfield, and they believe that Baker Mayfield has the real chance to bounce back to be the type of quarterback he was two years ago when he was healthier than he was last year. And if they're wrong, then all they wound up giving up was a conditional fifth-round pick mm -hmm. in the 2024 draft. What are we really talking about? It's a minimal investment. Carolina's best hope is that one of these quarterbacks lives up to his potential and becomes the type of quarterback that this franchise can build around long term. So we, all, we keep having to go back to this 2020 season, right? And, like, remember what it was like to have Baker Mayfield when he was healthy. Well, I looked up some stats, guys. He played his last game with OBJ on Halloween. From the beginning of 2020 to that game, he had a better touchdown-interception ratio than Joe Burrow, okay? And he also, over that same stretch, averaged more yards per pass attempt than Justin Herbert. So that's all good news. But all this drama leads to a perfect week one matchup when the Panthers welcome Baker's former team to Carolina. They set this thing up perfect, not even knowing. The question is, who will be under center for both teams? Now, we already discussed the Panthers' side of things, of course. But what about the Browns, who obviously no longer have that Baker Mayfield option? And so, even without him, all three of the Browns quarterbacks on the current roster, they do have experience. Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, and Josh Jobs, who joined the team this offseason. Unlike the Panthers, the QB room all has at least six years of NFL experience under their belt. That's some good news. And so, Adam, back here with us, obviously, on NFL Live, was the timing of this trade for the Browns related at all to the Deshaun Watson yeah. disciplinary hearings ending last week? Chad, I think some people wonder that, but the truth of the matter is they are completely unrelated. The fact of the matter is the Panthers and the Browns have been in these discussions, and they were close to completing a deal a couple of weeks ago for Baker Mayfield. And the Browns are aware of the fact that, obviously, the hearing occurred last week for Deshaun Watson, that post-hearing briefs are due to the judge in the case, Sue L. Robinson, next week, and that a ruling could come really at any point right now. But the fact that they traded Baker Mayfield when they did has nothing to do with the Deshaun Watson case. The Deshaun Watson case continues to sit out there. Everybody expects him to get some form of discipline. The question is, what does the judge rule? And it's hard to determine 
how she will rule because there's no track record here. She hasn't ruled on any disciplinary cases in the past, so there's no way to read into what she might be thinking right now. So clearly everybody's waiting to see what she says, but the Browns knew all along that they wanted to move on from Mayfield and he wanted to move on from them. Right, so one piece of the puzzle, at least for the Cleveland Browns, has been taken care of, and that's the Baker-Mayfield side of things. But now we lean on what happens with Deshaun Watson and Sam. Jacoby Brissett is now going to be the starter for this Browns team. And so how much confidence do you have in him if he has to play one game, five games, an entire season? Well, the truth is my confidence is not just in Jacoby Brissett. It's really on everything that surrounds Jacoby Brissett. It's in the defense. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, you got uh, you got him on defense, right? Young ascending linebacker. Uh, it's with it's with Miles Garrett on defense. It's with this running attack that was number one last year in yards per attempt. And so I think that Jacoby Brissett will be able to get you through at least the first few games. Look at the schedule. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. That's not too tough of a schedule when you look at the first quarter or so of the season. Now, as you start going down the list, it gets a little bit more challenging considering the division that the Browns are playing in. But I think that Jacoby Brissett is a winning quarterback based upon his record. And I think with the pieces around him, offensively and defensively, you can continue to win until your quarterback gets back. Listen, this team believes in Jacoby Brissett. It went out early in free agency and signed him at that point in time knowing that there was discipline that awaited Deshaun Watson. And so the Browns knew they had to have a backup plan, a contingency starter, somebody who was capable of stepping in for a potentially prolonged period of time. And the Browns identified Jacoby Brissett as the type of quarterback that they wanted. So that was somebody they went out and signed, and then they added Josh Dobbs to begin with. It's almost like they built that quarterback depth chart knowing that this time was coming, knowing that they would have to lean on these particular quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett was in Miami last year, and look, there were people in Miami last year, coaches on that staff, that felt like he should have gotten more playing time than he did, and sometimes he was capable of playing over to a tongue of Iloa. So they believed in him in Miami. The Browns and identified him early, and he's going to have plenty of opportunities here in Cleveland. Sam? And Shefty makes a great point. I don't think anyone in the Browns camp is surprised at the situation that Baker Mayfield is no longer there. There's been a lot of talk on the outside saying, man, did they make a mistake? Should they have kept Baker? And of course, with Deshaun Watson, they knew that Deshaun may get suspended mm -hmm. some games. So that's why you bring in a quarterback who knows how to win, bring in another guy who can back him up in Josh Dobbs. No one in Cleveland, at least within that organization, is surprised at the departure or exit of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, we await to see what happens with Deshaun Watson, and that will help us have a little more clarity for how many games these backup quarterbacks do play. Okay, so Watson and Mayfield, two of several quarterbacks who were on the move this offseason, joining some big names like Matty Ryan, Russell Wilson, and Carson Wentz. One guy who is not on that list, at least not yet, that would be 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. And so, Adam Schefter, what is the yeah. latest on Jimmy Garoppolo now that Carolina has traded for Mayfield? Last I heard, he was going to be healthy for training camp in just a couple weeks. Well, Shay, the two quarterbacks we've been waiting on all summer long are Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. So Baker Mayfield now has a new home in Carolina, and now we wait to see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's one fewer team that's now out there for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Carolina Panthers are a team that the 49ers did have some discussions with. And so there's not another team out there that has an obvious needed quarterback other than maybe the Seattle Seahawks. We don't expect that the 49ers would like to trade Jimmy Garoppolo in the division. And my sense is because the Seahawks play in that division and because I think they would have some interest 
and Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers would be even more hesitant to release Jimmy Garoppolo for the idea and the thought that there would be potential he could wind up in the same division playing for Seattle. So if the 49ers needed even more incentive to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo and not release him, that would be it. So I don't expect that San Francisco is going to be releasing Jimmy Garoppolo anytime this summer. And then the question becomes, is there another quarterback situation? Is there another team that suffers a quarterback injury, that has some quarterback adversity, that has some quarterback challenges or quarterback disappointment, where a quarterback doesn't play up to par, where all of a sudden that team is interested in a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo? The 49ers have the best, most available quarterback, and my belief is they'll take their time in waiting to see any opportunities that come up this summer. And my belief is that they should keep this best, most available quarterback. I understand how excited the San Francisco 49ers are about Trey Lance. I am too. We all are. And I think Trey Lance should be the starter this year. But also, you have a team that went to the NFC Championship game. You have a team that is a Super Bowl caliber roster. You don't want to leave that Super Bowl caliber roster in the hands of, in the chance, better yet, of one injury. If Trey Lance gets injured, who's behind Trey Lance if Jimmy Garoppolo is gone? If I'm anyone in that 49ers brand, I want Jimmy Garoppolo still on my roster. And yes, I understand there's a large amount of money that he will be owed if he's on the roster in week one. So, but what I want to see is I want to see my team, if I'm San Francisco, win a Super Bowl, not just try and get some salary dumped off the roster in order to sign two of my star both Samuel and Nick Bosa. I hear you. You just gave up so much to get Trey Lance, and yet he's going to be on the bench yet again. It just doesn't seem to make sense. But hey, I agree with all of what you guys are saying. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The next UFC fight night comes your way Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with our lightweight main event. The prelims start at 6 Eastern, followed by the main card at 9 Eastern on ESPN and on ESPN Plus, which you can get by going to ESPNplus.com or downloading the ESPN app. Welcome back to NFL Live. So he was out. Now he's back in. So is this really the last dance for the Bucks quarterback in Tom Brady? As Adam Schefter explains, it's the question everybody has, but only one man can answer. Is this the last hurrah for Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady? And haven't we heard that question before? People have been asking it at this time of year and at the end of other years for many seasons now. At this stage, it's like 55% yes and 45% no. You know, it's not 100-0. It's just the reality. So it's not that I'm not 100% committed. It's just as soon as I make the commitment to do it, I'm like, ah, all right, here we go. It'll be a question every year until he retires, though there are signs that this could be it. I had the appetite to compete, and uh, it's going to be gone soon. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I got to... You know, just really appreciate what the time I have left because it's not a lot. He turns 45 this summer, an age he openly has talked about wanting to play to in the past. He already has locked in a 10-year deal with Fox, setting him up to make more money in the TV booth than he did on the football field. 
and nobody, not even Brady, can play forever, even if sometimes it feels as if he has and will. Tom Brady, you are the man, you are the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Brady's team has a new look. Head coach Bruce Arians has left the sideline, guard Ali Marpet retired, and another guard, Alex Kappa, bolted for the Bengals. But Brady is back, same as it ever was, in what could be, dare we say, his last dance. So maybe Brady couldn't walk away because he had himself quite a year in 2021 in what was at one point his final season. Brady ranked second in total QBR and led the league in passing touchdowns and yards. He was one of just four quarterbacks in the league in, in league history, I should say, to throw for over 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns while still completing 65% of his passes in a single season. And so now he is back in uniform and will be on the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dan Orlowski, what do you expect the Buccaneers offense to look like this season? Obviously with Tom Brady, but without Rob Gronkowski and no Bruce Arians on the sidelines. I think, Shade, will be first of all, pass first still, run when needed, second. I'll focus on a little bit of the Gronk issue because I think it's much bigger than people are allowing it to be. I think, first of all, they'll miss him on third down and we're trying to get information. When they would move motion Gronk, the communication at the line of scrimmage. I remember the play against the Cowboys last year, week one, all out pressure, third down. Brady changed it at the line of scrimmage, touchdown to Gronk, and just gathering man or zone off of what Gronk does by himself. I think in the red zone, it'll be huge. And not that there's nobody else on their team that can't be a person in the red zone, but the comfort level, the trust level, the I'm going to sit down and build this play on third down in the red zone for Rob Gronkowski, that's going to be missed. And then I think in the smash mouth run game, you know, Gronk had done such a good job of really transitioning over the last two years to certainly being a pass threat, but still being relatively dominant in the run game. So I think that's the biggest loss for him. And how do they replace that? The reality for me, though, is we won't know what this offense truly is until the back end of November, early December. And that's when, hopefully for him and their team, Chris Godwin, their superstar receiver, comes back from his ACL surgery and looks somewhat of himself. If he's back 90 95% at the end of the season, and you go him, Mike Evans, an offensive line that still should be okay, and Russell Gage, who comes over from Atlanta, then we're talking about a team that, because they will be in the playoffs, can go make a run. Yeah, my issue is, and, and, and Dan, I'm with you on a lot of those points. My thing is, we're not talking, we're not, we're, we're underestimating the loss of Gronk, but I think we're even more so underestimating, underestimating the loss of Chris Godwin. So Chris Godwin led the team in catches. Chris Godwin led yeah. the team in targets. Chris Godwin led the team in receiving yards. And like a lot of those numbers were by a lot, right? Over 21 or 24 more catches than the next person on the roster. And so I understand that Mike Evans got a lot of those touchdowns, especially down uh, in the red zone. And so maybe he can help make up that gap for Gronk. But I think the Chris Godwin loss, at least early in the season, will be felt when it comes to Tom Brady going to go to. And then you go to Gronk, obviously. Gronk has 65 red zone touchdowns in 143 games. It's almost every other game. Gronk's first pass uh, catch, actually, was a uh, first touchdown, excuse me, was in the red zone. And so for me, I think, yes, the information, the plays, the Cowboys game, I love that example because that's what Gronkowski brings. Who is going to fill that gap? Is it going to be one of the rookie tight ends that was just drafted this year? Maybe Kate out of Washington. Sure. Who is going to do it? That's the biggest question I have 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, maybe Adam can help provide some clarity for us here on the Chris Godwin situation. Obviously, he's been a key contributor to this Tampa offense, but again, recovering from that torn ACL. We heard Dan and Sam both allude to this. So what is the latest on his rehab process? Well, Shay, it's been exactly 200 days today since Chris Godwin tore his ACL. And my understanding is that they are hopeful, they don't know yet, but they're hopeful that he'll be ready for opening day. And so that's encouraging. They'll chart him, monitor him, track him during the summer, see how he's coming along. Obviously not going to rush him back. Probably would be surprised if we saw him in any preseason games. And I think the goal will be to see if he's ready for opening day, which I don't think is out of the question right now. And that would be a big boost to an offense that we know for now is going to be without Rob Gronkowski, who earlier this offseason announced his retirement. Yeah, of course. And then if Chris Godwin's ready to go week one, as you say, could be a possibility, Adam, that would help for familiarity with Tom Brady. All right, we've got this new here on NFL Live. An update as Congress continues to investigate the Washington commander's toxic workplace environment. Owner Daniel Snyder, who previously could not attend a congressional hearing to testify, has now offered to testify via video conference before the House Oversight Committee in late July, according to a letter his attorney sent to Chairman Carol Maloney on Thursday. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. First round of this year's NHL draft is tonight from the Bell Center in Montreal at 7 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Plus. John Buchgross hosts along with a cast of hockey experts who will break down each selection. The hosts, the Canadians, will have the first overall pick and you don't want to miss it. Of course, that's going on tonight. Speaking of missing things, in case you missed the big news yesterday, Baker Mayfield's moving from the AFC to the NFC and en route to Carolina after the Browns traded him to the Panthers. The former number one overall pick goes from an underachieving Browns team that finished third in their division to a Panther squad that was hit a little bit by the injury bug and finished last in their division. So can he help a Carolina team that will have to face Tom Brady twice this season? Well, Mayfield has come into a Panthers offense that was among the worst in the NFL last season. They ranked in the bottom four in points per game and total QBR, and they were dead last in total QBR overall. Former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo will take over as offensive coordinator for Matt Rule's team this upcoming season. And so if Baker beats out Sam Darnold as the starter, he'll have to return to his 2020 version. That's according to our own Dan Orlowski, of course. So let's put together a winning recipe for the one and only Baker that we talk about on this show here. What would that have to look like, Dan? It'll start with his arm. You know, this is an offense that's got some receiving talent on the outside that can create some big plays with their speed. And you've mentioned Ben McAdoo and that commitment to running the football. Well, Baker's big arm is going to create some chunk plays for this offense. The ability to say, all right, here comes some run game. Here comes some run game. And then we're going to not only just try to get some completions, but some chunks to really to push the ball downfield and utilize our commitment to stopping the run. I think the second thing is tied to that is... When Ben McAdoo comes and said, we want to run football, we drafted Ekiakwan who at left tackle, and 
Austin Corbett at right guard we bring over in free agency. They want to run the football with Christian McCaffrey and Truba Hubbard. That's going to free up some one-on-ones for receivers like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Rashard Higgins. When you get those one-on-ones, you got to have elite ball placement. The ball's got to be thrown perfectly out in front on time. Um, you know, leading receivers to big windows. That's going to be a big part of that equation. And then the last thing is tied to that is that play action pass. In 2020, when Baker had his best season, it was in Cleveland, that commitment to running the football and utilizing the play action. Baker's had a ton of success doing that. A quarterback that's done it, he's seen it all that way. So I think that's a big part of on the field, how Baker kind of rebuilds what he is as a player. And then off the field, he's got to win the locker room. He's got to start to change the narrative a little bit, right, wrong, or not. You know, what people about him say in certain buildings or expect to be said about him in certain buildings in the league. All right, so those are all good points, and obviously his strengths. And you went back to 2020 there. And, and Sam, I want to ask you now. Obviously, Dan just pointed out the positives in Baker Mayfield. And, yes, he has all these strengths, but does he have the right personnel around him to complement those strengths? Sam, what do you think? Uh, the answer is it doesn't matter. He has to make it work. That's just the fact of the matter, right? So Christian McCaffrey uh, in 2017 yeah. to 2019, yeah. 5,400 yards from scrimmage. That led the NFL. 39 touchdowns in that three-year span. So he's averaging almost 2,000 yards and 13 touchdowns. So that's enough. DJ Moore, the last three years, over 1,000 yards receiving. That's enough. Robbie Anderson, an ascending receiver. That's enough. And oh, by the way, you have a defense that was second, even with the, how bad the offense was. You have a defense that was second in yards allowed. All of that is enough, not even to mention the offensive line, those three pieces that Orlowski just mentioned, Iki Aquanu, mm -hmm. Austin Corbett, mm -hmm. Bradley Bozeman, all great additions to an offensive line that was 29th in pass pro last year and 28th overall in the last two seasons under this head coach. And so for me, it doesn't matter if those pieces are good enough or whatever. It's enough, and it has to be enough for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, Arch, I agree, man. Um, listen, I'm a Baker guy. I've had Baker's back a long time. Now, I think you said it the right way. you got to make it work. Everyone's going to say, well, how do the Panthers make this work? It, it's, it's not all on them. Baker's got to go in and understand, dude, you're the number one pick, bud. And this is going to be your fourth coach in five years? Hugh Jackson wasn't good enough, whether you agree with it or not. Then Freddie Kitchens, I agree with that, wasn't good enough. And then they bring in Kevin Stefanski. Now it doesn't work. Now you're going to another team and another coach staff. And I love Baker. Dude, you got to make it work. I'm not pretending that the, the Carolina Panthers skill group is like the St. Louis Rams with Kurt Warner, but this is a good enough group. There's a reason why that this team last year with six weeks left in the season went and got Cam Newton and gave him a bunch of money because they truly believe that with good quarterback play, they're a playoff team. I truly believe with good quarterback play, they're a playoff team. Mm -hmm. And if this offensive line takes a step forward and McCaffrey's healthy and that defense stays with J.C. Horn coming back as a top 10, 12 unit, if Baker Mayfield can't play good enough football and lead this team to at least playing meaningful games in December with the playoffs on the line, then we're not talking about is he a quarterback or starting quarterback in the league anymore. We're talking about how did this happen? Mm -hmm. But if he's able to do that and play the way that I've seen him play, the way that I believe he'll play, because here's the reality. If he plays good this season and takes this team into meaningful games and into the playoffs, in two of the last three years, in two of his last two seasons when he's healthy, he's going to the playoffs. And then people are going, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe Cleveland had it wrong about Baker Mayfield, and maybe it wasn't just Baker. 
But dude, you got to make it work. You got to figure out a way that if and when you get on the field, you step on and you play a high level of football consistently. Whatever this team needs at that spot, you got to get it done because the roster is there. I don't think this roster is nearly as bad as people make it out to be. Good quarterback play. It's a playoff play. Yeah. And obviously a healthy Christian Yeah, I'm with that, Dan. And I would even... Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, no, I definitely... I would add to that. Just to the point, bringing in, uh, bringing in Cam late in the season. The Panthers lost their last seven games last season. That's pretty much all of November and December, even into January. That's when it matters. And yes, Baker Mayfield is great at game-winning drives. And winning drives. Backs haven't been, and Baker Mayfield has been. And so, bring that kind of energy, Baker, when it comes to these close games, right? Games that are decided by one score, by one score, one score or less. That's when we need you. And I think that's what Baker will actually provide. I think people will be pleasantly surprised and to the point I think the Carolina Panthers there's can mess with Baker Mayfield at quarterback their defense is hands right. down good enough their offensive line which was their big time weak point has been addressed by by addressed lineman sixth in the draft who people have said was the best offensive lineman in the draft Iki Aquanu and then going to get Bradley Bozeman not just Bozeman not just the play he did early on in and, and, and with the Baltimore Ravens, now he's playing his natural position, which he played in college, center, and he played his last year in, in, in Baltimore's positive. And then you also have offensive lineman Austin Corbett, who just won a Super Bowl, right? Like, so, so we are addressing our weaknesses, even when it comes to penalties. This team was one of the most penalized teams last year, offensive line-wise, and these other guys who they drafted or who they traded, got for in free agency, they're some of the least penalized O-linemen. And so for me, all the pieces are in place for Baker to be successful, and I think Baker will be successful, and I think that's what it's going to take, Baker being successful in clutch moments, i.e. fourth quarter, i.e. November and December football for this team to go and make a playoff run. Yeah, he's going to have to be good in pressure situations. There's also pressure on this head coach and Matt Rule because this is a big year for him as well. So not only manage these quarterbacks, but manage his entire football team. Sure. We've got some really good news here on NFL Live. The Raiders have announced that they are naming Sandra Douglas Morgan their new team president. She will be the first black woman to serve as an NFL team president in league history. So congratulations to Sandra. Love this. Obviously paving the way for others. This is really, really good news here on NFL Live. So congratulations from all of us, obviously, as you step into this new role. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Welcome back to NFL Live with a new head coach, a quarterback on the mend, and some fresh faces at the wide receiver position. The Saints will look very different this season. That topic is front and center in the latest edition of Offseason Questions with our own Adam Schefter. What is the state of the Saints? There's a new look in New Orleans where Sean Payton has stepped away from coaching and Dennis Allen has stepped into the role that he once held for the Raiders. I'm going to be me and I'm going to put my own little spin on it. I want to create my own legacy here with the New Orleans Saints. What he inherits is a team that's trying to bounce back physically and mentally with reinforcements all around. Jameis Winston's aiming to get full medical clearance later this month for training camp next month despite being spotted at OTAs with a limp. Michael Thomas still is recovering from the ankle injury that cut short his 2020 season, prevented him from playing the 2021 season with the hopes of being ready for this season. But New Orleans also added reinforcements, trading up to draft wide receiver Chris Olave. It's Olave, touchdown number two for number two. And bringing in two former LSU standouts, wide receiver Jarvis Landry and safety Tyron Matthew, back home. Being from Louisiana, you always want to play for your hometown team. I think this is a place I've always wanted to, to be. All to help Winston try to prevent his former team from winning another NFC South title. I want to beat them. I want to beat them bad. And in my heart, you know, I'm ready to rock. And so, Adam, you just mentioned that Jameis Winston showed up to OTAs with a limp. So can you give us the latest on Jameis Winston's health status? Yeah, Shay, he is where he needs to be right now. And I don't think it's a question of whether he'll be cleared to return to play so much as when it's a question of what's the return to performance like. But he is doing everything that he is supposed to be doing <laughs> right now. He is on track to be able to play in the regular season opener. They obviously are going to be careful with him this summer and make Good sure man. that he does what he's supposed to when he's supposed to. But right now, all signs point to Jameis Winston being able to start the Saints regular season opener which will be big for this team he feels good about where he's at his doctors feel good about where he's at and right now he is on track to play in that opener okay and they're going to need him obviously at full strength if the Saints want to have some success this season because there's a lot of changes in New Orleans as we just talked about and so Dan which player do you think is the most important for this offense to be successful this season is it Jameis Winston Nah, it's Michael Thomas. I mean, listen, it's the NFL. Every quarterback's important and all that. But Michael Thomas is a top three receiver when he's healthy. And New Orleans is such a unique offense under Sean Payton. And now Pete Carmichael, who has been under Sean forever, is taking over as their primary play caller, where they find their number one receiver and they run their offense through that number one receiver. And when Michael Thomas is healthy, he's a 110, 120 catch receiver for 1,500 yards. And they'll move them all around in different places and change these personnel groupings and create all these favorable matchups for him. And then those favorable matchups lead to favorable matchups for other players like Chris Olave that Shefty mentioned out of Ohio State or the addition of a Jarvis Landry whose job is going to be now. Jarvis Landry has the chance to be the number three option of, mm -hmm. on this offense. Think about that, everybody, for a second, that he's going to be the third receiver. Alvin Kamara has the chance to be the fourth pass-catching option in this mm -hmm. offense. And so... Michael Thomas's health and his ability to get back to that early or, or prime of his career production, he's the biggest part of this football team offensively moving forward. 
So it's interesting, Sam, when you look at their schedule, the Saints schedule, their first three games are against division opponents. So there's good familiarity, I guess, there. But let's go to the defensive side of the ball because they also added on there during this offseason. So, Sam, what are you expecting from this group? Uh, I'm expecting turnovers, turnovers, and more turnovers, <laughs> and here's why. Uh, last year, we saw this team essentially without a quarterback. Jameis got hurt. You go Simi, you go Ian Book. This team was on the door, on the precipice, knocking on the door to make the playoffs based off a of defense that was top five in the NFL. Yeah. Even the year before, 2020, their defense carried them top five in the NFL. Yes, I get it. Malcolm Jenkins retired, but you went in and left Malcolm Jenkins and you got Tyron Matthew, who is a takeaway machine. He had six interceptions two years ago in a forced fumble, and then he had three interceptions and three forced fumbles last year, and that's just in the regular season. That didn't even include the playoffs, and so this defense, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Davenport, they understand that they need to create extra possessions for their offense, especially if Jameis Winston is banged up at all in the least amount. Look, the Saints are a team. They're not afraid of the Buccaneers. But I think we're all penciling into the postseason at this oh, yeah. point, right? The Saints are 4-1 and one against the Bucs in the last two years. One loss came in the postseason. And so, Dan, for the Saints to be the second option from this division into the postseason, what has to go right? Yeah, I've said this. I'll make myself clear. I'm not penciling in the Bucks as the shoe-in to win this division. I think the Saints are neck and neck with them, candidly, because of the Godwin injury. Um, for them to make the playoffs, I think number mm, Hanging on every word. Number one, we'll have... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. You can continue. <laughs> if, if he's winning games... Um, does he keep this team focused like Sean did and hungry and constantly challenged and not resting on their laurels? And if they go through a rough stretch, is Sean able to pull them out or is Dennis Allen able to pull them out of the bad stuff and refocus? Does Jameis Winston play with that? I got two strikes on me mindset almost to baseball wise because mm -hmm. I thought in Tampa it was always, hey, I got a 3-1 count and I'm swinging for the fences all the time. And Sean really reined him in. Does he get that version of Jameis? Because if he does... And Jameis has that same mindset with the talent now. And if Trevor Penning, their left tackle that they drafted in the first round, if he plays good football, this is a team, because of their defense, like Acho mentioned, can win the division. Not only make the playoffs, but win the division. They get the AFC South. They got to dominate the AFC South because their division is going to be a little bit challenging with Tampa Bay. But I believe the Saints are a significant drop-off at all from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I hear you. And we're over here talking about the Panthers and how they have a really good roster, too. So, obviously, this will be interesting no matter how it shapes up. We're Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This had been building for quite some time, and it stems back to Devontae Adams' unhappiness with Green Bay. Major breaking news, Packers traded Devontae Adams to the Raiders. <sighs> 
going on, folks? If Aaron Rodgers was not the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, no one would be comfortable with that boy left with Devontae Adams. He's a singular talent that stands alone. He's got the chemistry with Derek Carr from the Fresno State days, so he will get fed the ball. Raider Nation, I'm here. It's real, and we're going to do this thing. So the Packers will have a huge hole at receiver, obviously, with Devontae Adams out in Las Vegas now. Last year, Adams ranked third in the NFL with 1,553 receiving yards. That's more than all 10 current Packers wide receivers had combined last season. Four of the 10 wideouts are rookies, and Rodgers spoke about his receivers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Let's just everybody take a nice, deep, long breath and... Trust the training camp time that we have. Trust the coaching staff. Trust the relationships that will be formed and continue to be formed. Trust the guys in the room like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins to help these young guys out. Um, physically, though, they definitely looked apart. The they definitely looked apart. The all three of them, all three of the guys we drafted, all uh, you know have, have physical gifts. So, Sam, I think this is the 2022 version of relax for Aaron Rodgers when he told us all that a few years ago. <laughs> but obviously this is pertaining to the wide receivers. And so how much confidence do you have that this was wide receiving core is going to be ready to go week one? Uh, I have confidence in Aaron Rodgers and being the MVP, two-time back-to-back MVP quarterback. And I have confidence that he knows how to do it without uh, without Devontae Adams. He did it in 2011, MVP season, without Devontae Adams. Yes, Jordy Nelson was there, James Jones was there. But he did it in 2014 when Devontae Adams was a rookie and wasn't leading the team in catches. Their chemistry is huge, but I think that some of these older veterans, like he talked about, Sammy Watkins, who's, who's been in the NFL, Randall Cobb, who understands Aaron Rodgers really well, can help some of the younger guys like Christian Watson understand whether it's how to run routes correctly, chemistry, or even how to be a veteran in the NFL. But you got Aaron Rodgers. That's all you need. Dan? Yeah, I mean, my only pushback to that is we're not thinking about this team as far as a playoff contender. We're thinking about this team as like, yo, you got to win the Super Bowl, bud. So, I, all right. So, the more I think about the Packers, the more – I look at them as the, they're trying to become the, like the team that whooped them in the playoffs a couple years ago, and that's the 2019 49ers. The 49ers were a team that top five run game, which the Packers have the ability to do with their tailbacks and offensive line, top five defense. They were top 10 last year, and they obviously have added to that this offseason with their draft picks. And then the story of that 2019 49ers team that played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl was – well, if Jimmy G makes that throw, the 49ers win. And I think the Packers are going, we got the run game, we got the defense, and we have the quarterback that will make that throw in that moment for us to win the Super Bowl. Because we could sit here and say 2011, Och, and we could sit here and say 2014. I played against those teams. Those receivers were dudes. Greg Jennings, um, Jordy Nelson, yeah. Jermichael Finley at tight end. Like, that team was loaded skill position-wise. This team is not certainly on the perimeter and I think that's where it's hard for me to sit here and say, while I think of the formula or the identity to how to get it done, I think of this team's got to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary at some point. A point to this team's got to play Jalen Ramsey in that secondary at some point. This team might have to play Trayvon Diggs in that Dallas Cowboy corner at some point. You got to have a guy, and they just don't have it. And that's why I struggle mm -hmm. to sit here and go, yeah, I'm back in Green Bay. Is like this is the final year to get it done Super Bowl-wise 
with Aaron on the back end of his career. So we talked about that, those wide receivers. There's 10 of them on the roster. Four are rookies. And so, Adam, do you think they could potentially add a free agent wideout like Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones to have a veteran presence there? Well, Shay, I think they'll be looking, and they've been looking if you go back to the day that they traded Devontae Adams. The Packers were on the phone that afternoon trying to see if they could acquire a veteran wide receiver from some other team. And so they went out and signed Sammy Watkins, but I don't know if that solves everything. There are some wide receivers out there. It would make sense for this team to add one. I'm sure there are players and coaches in that building that want to see another wide receiver on that roster before the regular season begins. Well, time's ticking, that's for sure.